Welcome to Concord Matters, a show seeking for Concord, agreement in Christian confession. Concord mattered to Jesus and Paul, and so it does to us also. Spend these next 60 minutes as we talk matters of Concord. Concord Matters, a program produced by the Christ-Centered Leader in Confessional Broadcasting. Worldwide KFUO, online at kfuo.org. Welcome to Concord Matters here on KFUO AM Radio, the messenger of the good news. This is a special show today. We're in our fifth anniversary this week. Uh, I'm this week's host, Pastor Joshua Shear, one of the original hosts. I also have with me uh, Pastor Charlie Hendrickson there in studio, uh, who is uh, also one of our original hosts. And we actually are blessed today. We'll have a couple of the, the other original guests on, as well as one of the original hosts, uh, Pastor Zawanitzer, in just a second. So we're, we're going to have a little special show. We normally would pick up here in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, but we are kind of going to break from that pattern for just this week and discuss some of the things about the show. One of the great things they had, KFUO, uh, in conjunction with Concordia Publishing House, ran a great, uh, spectacular giveaway on Facebook, and they got 134 entries for a drawing for both a uh, a really cool tumbler coffee mug thing and then also a, a leather book of Concord, of the Concordia Reader's Edition, the, the version we use here on Concord Matters. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to we're going to go through some of those things and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the winner uh, of that drawing. We'll also ask a question later today uh, for a drawing, uh, asking you to call in to give an answer, and we will give away another set of uh, leather book of Concord and so forth. Uh, so, uh, Charlie, I, I'm, I'm looking here at the responses, and I want to draw out a couple things here. Uh, a lot of comments by new Lutherans. Yep. which is great, especially coming out of evangelicalism, it looks like, which is pretty fitting because, of course, uh, you know, that's just how, it, how, it, how it's going to go, that when they hear the truth, they're going to come out of the errors and, and come hear the truth. Uh, some wonderful samples of Lutherans here, people that, that actually, you know, saved by grace through faith that then want to serve their neighbor in their vocation, so wanting to give the copy to others, wanting to give copies for their children or the sons and daughters-in-law so that they could learn the faith. Um, different ones that wanted to grow for themselves. You know, I, I believe we even had one uh, from a, a regular guest of ours uh, who's a sometime host as well. His wife apparently needs a copy because he he, he apparently has struggles sharing his copy with his <laughs> wife. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Pastor Il, uh, Christmas is coming. Uh, your wife might want a book of Concord. Um, we even had one co- one comment about uh, somebody who wanted a floppy version of the Book of Concord to go along with their floppy Bible. <laughs> so that was that was good, and apparently, uh, hopefully, joking uh, Lutheran pastor who said in his 18 years as a pastor he'd finally like to read the Book of Concord for once. Yeah, and I know I think, that guy. Yeah, I, I think he's probably given us a little bit of a jest there. Yeah, I think knowing him. So, so what did you find? You, you saw well, a couple in there. You said you yeah, wanted to talk about. You know, there's, like you say, uh, over 130 comments, and then some of them not just mention the Book of Concord, the prize, but also mention this program, Concord Matters. And I want to read just a few of these quickly. From uh, Joe DiPello, Concord Matters is a great tool for educating on the Lutheran confessions and their application for the life of the church. And I love that Tumblr. He's referring to the Tumblr with the VDMA on it, the word of the Lord endures forever, the symbol of the Reformation worn by Frederick and John's officials. That's from Joe DiPello. Here's one from 
Kevin Hunicky, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Uh, Concord Matters has helped deepen my understanding of why we as Lutherans believe what we believe, practice as we practice, and hold tightly to the faith delivered to us by our fathers in the faith. From uh, Jeff Honing or Haining, uh, Concord Matters is a go-to podcast, literally a master class on the timeless Lutheran confessions. My hardback copy of the Book of Concord is chock full of notes and highlights as I follow along during the show. And then one last one that I want to read, and uh, this one comes from Kimberly Ellingson May. She writes, I don't have a leather one. I would also give away my other one to Confirmand that wanted it. I am a new listener to Concord Matters. It is a wonderful way to solidify your knowledge of the Lutheran faith you profess and reinforce what you have may have already learned. And then she adds, great host, parentheses, S. So I don't know which of us hosts she's referring to here or all of them. So, probably the new guys. Yeah, probably. I don't know. So <laughs> us, us old guys are kind of crusty and, and you know well worn. So. Yeah. So those are some nice comments. We and I tell you, all all of us really appreciate these encouraging comments that you're benefiting from this program. Yeah, and in fact, uh, this would be the, a good time to actually say thank you to all the different hosts we have had on Concord Matters over these five years. And then all the, the guests, and uh, there are guests that have been on maybe once or twice, and there's guests that have been on numerous times. Uh, Can I mention something about that, Josh? Things. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, if you go to the KFUO website and you go to the Concord Matters page, and then you click on the various hosts, it'll tell you how many times they have hosted. And I was curious about that, and I clicked on my name, and it said I've hosted 58 of these programs. And I, then I went through these 58 where it lists who my guests were, and it turns out over these 58 programs, I've had 42 different guests. And uh, I said, I wonder who's my champion here. And that would be Pastor Warren Worth. He's been on the most as a guest 16 times. And then Pastor Matt Wood, 11 times. And then in the next group, uh, Kevin Golden, Paul Langraff, Sean Smith, whom I first had as a guest and now is one of the hosts, Steve Reardon, Mark Sell, and Randy Asbury. So uh, all of these guys, by the way, are part of our Tuesday morning pericopal study group here in St. Louis. So uh, we, we study the scriptures for the coming Sunday on Tuesday morning. Then sometimes these guys come over here to the studio to be guests. So we really appreciate all the pastors, whether in person or on the phone, who are our guests. We cannot do this program without them. Absolutely. I would imagine uh, my most common guests are probably the local curmudgeons up here in the Wyoming district. Dan uh, Hinton. Pastor Dan Hinton or uh, Pastor Lincoln Winter, probably. Yeah, Hinton's so. now in Texas now, isn't he? He is in Texas. This is how the Lord works as he moves us around in his church to serve wherever he has need of us. So Good. That's a great thing. So I do want to announce the winner uh, of the comment contest, and that is a Wendy Bame. Uh and so, Wendy, congratulations. You get a Great. leather copy of the Book of Concord as well as a nice tumbler. Somebody from KFUO will reach out to you and get that to you. They look then really second, nice. Sarah Gulseth uh, just took a picture of me before the program started of me holding these prizes, and I think she's posting it on the KFUO Facebook page, I think. And it's a really nice leather copy of the Book of Concord. And then this, you can, if I hold it up to the microphone, I don't know if you can see it, this yeah, it's good. It looks white good there. coffee tumbler with VDMA, 
And uh, then on the back, Concordia Publishing House. And we thank Concordia Publishing House for providing these prizes. Josh, would you explain to our listeners what this VDMA means? Yeah, it's uh, Verbum Deum Manet Eternum, which is Latin for the word of the Lord endures forever. It's a slogan of the Reformation, uh, as the one commenter hinted that the rulers of the Reformation, the German lands and so forth, the electoral Saxony to be precise, adopted this as a symbol for their reign and their rule. That uh, that the word would remain forever, yeah. uh, and of course, over and against the you know the false claims of the papacy and so forth, all the different things that we address in the Book of Concord. So this is this is a good thing to have. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's it's fitting that you're holding that up to the microphone because you know we we radio hosts do have. All of the talents uh, needed for ra- radio, not not. Yeah, you know, we radio. have good faces for radio. Faces faces for radio are, are definitely common <laughs> here. So, Wendy, you're, you're going to get that. Uh, I do want to ask the question uh, that we will take a call from the show uh, sometime during this hour uh, to answer the question. So, the question for today, if you want to get a second chance to win this, uh, another another set, uh, name two of the authors of the Book of Concord other than Dr. Luther of Blessed Memory. So uh, we're, we're, we want to call in and we want somebody to tell us two of the other authors involved other than Dr. Luther. And those telephone numbers, the toll-free number across North America, 800-730-2727, 800-730-2727, and locally here in St. Louis, area code 314-821-0850, 314-821-0850. Thank you, Charlie. So, all right. So, November 30th, 2013 is the first airing of uh, Concord Matters. It kind of comes out as a, as a discussion happened between uh, then the director of KFUO, uh, Rod Zwanitzer, and myself, and, and Tim Rosso, trying to get together and do something that we had found at uh, Brothers of John the Steadfast that was really helpful for Lutherans uh, growing in their faith, and that is kind of these Book of Concord reading groups. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, let's have one over the radio. And uh, so uh, we, we naturally went out and got Charlie to help us. Uh, all these different things uh, came together, and we had this first airing five years ago. Uh, wonderful thing. We've covered countless things since then. Probably we have beat some dead horses several times over. We're about uh, halfway through the Book of Concord, so it'll probably take us another five years to finish, but that's okay. Five more, and you know what? It's all it's all in their archives at KFUO, so you can always go on and listen on demand in their archives, their podcasts, all these good things. Uh, We're getting a, 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 a Christmas tree full of lighting up screens here with uh, callers calling in. I bet we've got answers. <laughs> well, Charlie, I'll let you handle what, what we need to do there since you are right there in the studio. Well, I'm... if Stephanie can give me the first caller, uh, I've got three phone numbers up on the screen. Hello, caller. Are you there? That would be the 3200-320 number. Do we have that? Hello, who's on the line here? Hi, this is Carrie Anderson. Hi, Carrie Anderson. Is that Carrie with a K? Yep. From Minnesota? Yep. All right. Alexandria, I bet. Yeah. Do you have uh, the uh, answer to the question? Name two authors of the confessional documents other than Dr. Luther. Martin Chemnitz and Philip Melanchthon. Very good. Those are probably the two most well-known. Philip Melanchthon, who wrote the Apology, who penned the Apology. Uh, he also worked out, he did the Augsburg Confession also, but uh, 
he really wrote the apology, and then Martin Chemnitz, one of the authors of the Formula of Concord. So um, if you can stay on the line, Carrie, I guess you win another set of this, and uh, maybe uh, Stephanie, I don't know, can you take her contact information, or do we have... Jenny's in the other room. So, uh, Carrie, if you'll stay on the line, Jenny will get your address, and you win the other set. And we thank you, the other callers who called in. All right, excellent. We would have also accepted uh, Jacob Andre, Nicholas Selnicker, Andrew Musculus, Christopher Cornerus, and David Chitreus as well. And even I, I think I would even allow for the common understanding that Athanasius, even though he maybe didn't uh, didn't pen the Athanasian Creed. Yeah, we probably would have accepted him as well. Good. Uh, we are the we are the Catholic faith after all. Athanasius so probably had more to do with the Nicene Creed than the than directly the Athanasian Creed. Yeah, probably. So, all right. Great. So we we started the show five years ago, and and in our initial program we had uh, a number of us on the show, and and so we brought back a couple of them along with Charlie and I uh, today, and I hope they are on the phone lines. Uh, we haven't had a chance to introduce them yet. All right. So first one I want to introduce is, is Reverend Dr. Timothy Rosso, uh, who is the, he's retired now. Uh, five years ago, he was on the, he was on the show. He was actually senior pastor at that point of Bethany Lutheran Church in Naperville, Illinois. Uh, now he's, uh, he helps direct, uh, things for Lutherans in Africa, helps, uh, raise some funds to help support the good work that goes on, uh, for that organization, Lutherans in Africa. Um, LIA, as uh, sometimes it's it's abbreviated. Uh, welcome, Dr. Rossow. That's Gary Anderson. All right, I'm not hearing uh, Dr. Rossow. Maybe we've got some Rosso, technical Rossow, can glitches. we get Tim Rossow on the line there? I see he's holding. <laughs> you know, five years ago we had technical difficulties all during the first show. Well, we're just so. we're trying to get Carrie Anderson uh, to uh, on the line to Jenny to get her contact information. Oh, sure. So that's what Stephanie and Jenny were talking about there for a moment. All right. Is well, Rosso there? Uh, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Hey, we're here. All right. All right. Good to be Welcome. on the show. <laughs> Glad to have you back on. And also, we have on the show today uh, Pastor Rod Zwanitzer, uh, who, who used to direct things down there at KFUO, uh, hosted that first uh, first show five years ago, uh, has since retired to uh, sunny Florida, although every once in a while he might make it up here to, to Cheyenne to, to see the wonderful weather that's here. Uh, Rod, are you with us today? Yes, I am. How's everybody? Good, <laughs> good to hear your great. voice, Rod. Good to hear you, Tim and Charlie. Josh, hey, we got we got both coasts covered. We got the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean here. This is true. Would you send us some heat down here? It's cold here in Florida today. Uh, How cold is it? It's uh, it's windy and fifty six. Oh boy, that is that is chilly for Florida. Yes, it is. Well, you know, we've got so we've got coastal Lutherans on the program today. This is wonderful. Our Uh, new organization, Tim. Yes, but but we're not we're not to be uh, confused with saltwater Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Rod. So, I, hey. re- I remember Rod when you first came to St. Louis to to uh, direct KFUO. You and I were sitting down in a coffee shop near the seminary, I think, and you were we were kind of brainstorming ideas for radio programs. Yeah, and for. A fact, you know, we wanted to do some new Lutheran programming. And what hit my mind, and this is where uh, Tim and Josh came in, 
and and everybody associated with them, including you, Charlie, was I was sitting at, at uh, this church in, in Dearborn, Michigan, and two of my elders came to me and said, there, you know, there's this exciting new group called Brothers of John the Steadfast, and they have this confessional reading uh, effort, trying to get groups started. And can we do one, Pastor? And I'm like, well, what do you have in mind? And they said, Saturday morning, uh, once a month uh, from 7 to 9. And I said, you guys are crazy. 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, studying something so scholarly and academic as the Book of Concord? And they said, well, let's give it a try. That was probably, oh, my goodness, uh, 10, 12 years or maybe even more ago. Mm -hmm. And that group grew to over 50. And these guys could not get enough of this. We started at the preface just like we did on this show and I don't know how many times they've been through it, maybe three or four. And so that, that's where this concept came. And I thought, you know, the perfect partner uh, for such a show would be Brothers of John the Stenfast. So we, we talked with Tim and Josh, and uh, five years later, later, huh, guys? Pray All praise and glory be to, to God for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. So... Since we do want that to be the case, and this is our, our, our show of, of confessing the faith and explaining our Lutheran confessions, uh, I asked each one of our guests today to kind of select uh, an area of the confessions they'd like to go through just uh, briefly. We won't be able to cover the kind of depth that we normally do on the program, but we will be able to kind of briefly cover some things over. Uh, so, so, Rod, since, since you, you were the first host of the show um, what was the what was the section you wanted to, to wanted to read and, and explain today? Um, it's in the preface to the Book of Concord, and uh, I'm thinking that since I have to admit uh, I I have sinned greatly that I cannot find my reader's edition. I've got the uh, Colbin Wingert. Uh, it's paragraph 24. Do you want me to read out of that, or when do you guys read out of? Uh, the Concordia Reader's Edition. I've got the Reader's Edition right in front of me. Um, Charlie, you want to read? Tw- was it paragraph 24 you said? It is. All right. All right. Tell me if I'm on the right paragraph. It says, uh, besides having made known our goals, we will also earnestly apply ourselves with great strictness and the most ardent zeal to the defense of this work of concord. We will do this by diligently visiting the churches and schools in our realms. Am I on the right Okay, and I'll finish it out. Overseeing printing offices and other helpful means, according to opportunities and circumstances that may be offered to us and others. We will also take pains, if controversies already mentioned should be renewed, or new controversies about religion should arise, to remove and settle them speedily. We will work to avoid offense without long and dangerous delays. Awesome. So, Rod, why why did you want to pick this paragraph? That always gripped me. And, and you know, uh, thanks, Josh, for sending out your nice uh, summary of how this was going to flow today. And you had a link to that first program and suggested we listen to it. So I did this morning out on the golf course. And uh, I, I heard the first caller ever to call in on Concord Matters. And this individual said... My wife and I would really like you to talk about the contemporary application of this in our day, if you can. 
And so I think this last paragraph of the um, preface to the Book of Concord talks about this, that uh, should anything arise uh, uh, about the the matters that this, uh, you know, d- a collection of documents uh, addresses, or even new ones, uh, we agree that to protect at all kinds of scandal, they be settled in a timely manner. And I, that's what I love about this Book of Concord, uh, you know, wanting to uh, conserve what has been handed down from the very beginning uh, with the creeds and so forth, and uh, the the Blessed Augsburg Confession of 1530. They go to great lengths here to talk about that. They're not going to go with the Variata of 1540, um, and and all to make uh, one voice. And, and let me tell you where, where I've kind of come with this one voice thing. Uh, a few years back in, in my early life as a child, I played the oboe. And my uh, last oboe teacher, a very, very excellent uh, oboist herself, she said to me at times, Rod, let's do and I play this piece of music. And she said, now our goal here is to sound as one big oboe. Our, our timing, our counting, our dynamics of being soft, loud, uh, we, we want to be right in sync. And uh, I know uh, you St. Louis grads, you would understand this. Uh, blessed Dr. Norman Nagel used to say all the time, you can't get any better than saying back to God what he has said to us. So to me, that's what this preface is, is you know, shouting out at us. Let's be in concord. Let's say everything in one voice, not many voices, which confuse uh, and and scatter and cause conflict and discord. Let's be in concord. Let's have one voice uh, of the uh, uh, the truth of of salvation. And so that's why I I love this. Yeah, it's a, it's a great great paragraph from from the Book of Concord. See, in that preface. Uh, Josh, we do have a caller on the line with a comment or question. Can we insert sure. this here before the break? Jeff, yes, Jeff from Tampa, you are on the air. Hi, pastors. Thanks so much for uh, taking my call. This is my uh, actually I have a, just a couple quick comments, and sure. one of them plays into exactly what Pastor was saying there. Um, I came from an evangelical background, and one of the things that really kind of jarred me uh, as I began the journey was the question, what do you believe? And I honestly really couldn't answer that question besides just, well, you know, I, I believe in Jesus, which is, of course, correct, but that's kind of the beauty of the confessions is it's kind of like it's really this big book of what we believe, and mm-hmm. it's really a beautiful thing to study, and it's amazingly rich when you consider it's 500 years old and just as relevant today as it as it was when it was originally written. So I, I praise God for that. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that comment. You know, I often t- describe the Book of Concord as one great big Bible study, which is really what it is. Yeah, well, it's it's timeless because, of course, the scriptures of which uh, it draws upon and confesses they're timeless. That. Uh, they are the living word of God, and so the confessions which come from it will always be timeless as well. In fact, that was one of the things that was taught to me, and a great uh, a great way to teach the confessions is always a, a four-step plan. 
One, you, you start with the historical context of an article, like the Augsburg Confession Article 4 or something like that. You do the biblical context next, that is, you draw from the scriptures, you show why this is scriptural and so forth. Three, you bring it into the contemporary context, that, you know what, that this has pertinence to today, it's relevant even still today. And then, of course, the fourth step would be to relate whatever article of faith you're talking to right back to our heart and center, that is, uh, Christ Jesus and our salvation and our justification uh, by grace through faith. And the guy who taught me that is actually the one of the main guys at Lutherans in Africa. And we're going to have to wait till after the break to actually introduce uh, Pastor Rasa's selection from the Confessions as he now works for Lutherans in Africa and so forth. Uh, so, But it is truly a timeless confession, always a relevant confession. And uh, and and it's been quite a blessing to be a host on the show. I don't know about you, Charlie, but it, it's... It's really helped, kept me helped. fresh. It's kept me fresh in what we believe, teach, and confess. I mean, I, I benefit so much from being having the discipline sections. So we're coming up on the break now. You're listening to Concord Matters, our anniversary program here on KFUO. This is Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. First Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Today I give thanks for you, for your joy-filled service to the Lord and to the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You know, daily I am humbled by the many visible examples of people demonstrating Christ's love for their neighbor. Our witness and service reflect the love of God for this world. Because we have been loved, we love. God calls each of us to serve Him in different places and ways. Through your commitment to sharing the gospel, you make known the love of Christ in your churches, communities, and the world. You are the body of Christ, Christ's presence in this world. Rejoice, pray, give thanks, all in Christ Jesus. In this season of gratitude, May you be abundantly blessed. Martin Luther said that next to the Word of God, music deserves the highest praise. At St. Paul's Music Conservatory in Council Bluffs, Iowa, we believe that music is a vehicle for the gospel. Through the creation of resources based on our historic hymns of the faith, we seek not only to develop students musically, but also to develop them for service in the church. To learn more about our resources, visit our website, www.stpaulsmusicconservatory.org. St. Paul's Music Conservatory, where music serves. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. The Washington Monument at 555 feet is the tallest public structure in Washington, D.C. and is located on the National Mall. It took 36 years from 1848 to 1884 to build. And until the Eiffel Tower in Paris was erected, the Washington Monument was the tallest in the world. But did you know in Exodus 28:36? God instructed Hebrew priests to inscribe the words 
holiness to the Lord on their breastplates. This phrase appears on two memorial stones inside the Washington Monument. Another memorial stone from the Sabbath School Children of the Methodist East Church in Philadelphia inscribed Luke 17:16 and Proverbs 22:6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Concord Matters here on KFUAM Radio, the messenger of the good news. Here on the uh, fifth anniversary special show, we've been going through some different memories some different thoughts. We did a couple giveaways already. And uh, got some good guests from uh, from our first uh, first show five years ago. Uh, there in the studio, we have Pastor Charlie Hendrickson. Hello, so welcome, Pastor Hendrickson. And then we also have over the phone lines, we have uh, uh, Pastor Tim Rosso uh, from the West Coast now, and then Pastor Rod Zwanitzer from down in Florida. Uh, so we left off talking a little bit about uh, Pastor Zwanser picked something from the preface of the Book of Concord, showing how it's timely and how it's to be used in the church to help bring that concord, that one voice, that uh, that that same mindedness of First Corinthians, the same judgment be be amongst you as well. But we uh, we left off here as before we get into the break, talking a little bit about uh, Pastor Asso. Uh, you now uh, you're now helping raise uh, support for Lutherans in Africa, correct? Uh, yes, I'm the part-time director of development for uh, Lutherans in Africa, and I'm also uh, still a partner in uh, Wittenberg Church Consultants doing capital campaigns all around the country. Yeah, and besides that, you're full-time retired and building your own house, right? Oh, yeah, the house is all built now. <laughs> Working on the second shed. <laughs> Most excellent. Painting, who, painting who, who would have known a Lutheran pastor that, that you know read the confessions and so forth would end up knowing how to build his own house? That's Timothy. We'll call him Timothy Two Sheds Rosso. Two and Sheds. Yeah. If well, you're a Monty some, Python some, fan, you got got the reference. Some people. Some people call me uh, the artist formerly known as Pastor. <laughs> That's true. You're also a watercolor artist out there. Yes. yes making yes. good sales and so forth. That's wonderful. So what section? You, you said you wanted to pick something from the, the large catechism, Lord's Prayer, third petition. Yeah, what were you, yeah, what were you a, thinking you wanted to cover today? I got a great story from my uh, um, local situation here. But before I get to that, uh, you know, Zwanitzer was talking about Dr. Nagel and uh, Oboes. And, uh, you know, I just want to say <laughs> Dr. Nagel always said that Rod still sounds like one big oboe. <laughs> There we go. Rod, Rod, you got anything for that? I, uh, uh, boy, I, I just took a breath, you know. My favorite Nagel-Zwanitzer story is um, when uh, Dr. Nagel was staying at your house uh, back in Dearborn, and the, uh, the, the basement uh, bathroom came up a little bit lacking, and and he came upstairs and he said to you, uh, uh, "Gee, uh, Pastor Zwanitzer, the uh, there's a there's a lack of civilization downstairs. <laughs> no, no sign, no signs of civilization. No, no signs sign of civilization. Of civilization. Yes, that yes. is. I've been been telling that story for 25 years now. That's a great and, story. And you know, Tim, what was what was so blessed too is years later, you know, when you guys did the fetch grant for him of his sermons. Um, 
speaker showed him a review that I did on Amazon for that, and he sent me about a five-page handwritten letter, and three of it was on that incident with the the uh, you know <laughs> Jacob multicolored robe and signs of civilization, which I which I cherish, of course. By the That's way, gen- gentlemen, uh, I still get to see Doctor Nagel. Here in St. Louis from time to time, we have this Tuesday morning pericopal study group. And then every few weeks we go over to La Cleague Groves, where Dr. Nagel lives. He's now 93 years old, and he oh. joins in our studies. Well, you tell well, him, I, ask him if there's I, any signs of civilization in La Cleague. <laughs> I remember a bunch of us fourth-year guys, we got back from Vicarage, and there was this strange bird, Professor Nagel, that had come to the seminary while we were on vicarage, and we, all, we a bunch of us ended up taking this class with him. And after about three weeks, we walked out of that class shaking our heads and saying to ourselves, I, I don't even think I was a Lutheran until just now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the power and impact of, of Norman Nagel. And if you say, say hi to him for me, Charlie. All right, I will. Me as well. Sure. So he's anyway, been a, so he's my, been a so definite my, gift to the church. So yeah, Pastor Rosso, so, what what do you got so here? My local my local story about the um, third petition. It has to do with my uh, church here. We have to drive uh, we have to drive forty minutes to get to a confessional church uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest. There's a ton of them, by the way. People poo poo the 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 West Coast and Pacific Northwest, but there's a ton of good confessional liturgical churches out here. Um, anyway, so uh, so I am now an elder. I I think I may be the only rostered clergyman who's an elder uh, in a Missouri Synod church, and uh, I support my pastor come hell or high water, unless of course he teaches false doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, and so um, it is just so wonderful uh, to sit in the pews and uh, to be on the board of elders and to support my pastor. Uh, shout out to Pastor Vines. Uh, he's probably listening and a couple other folks from church. So anyway, um, Pastor Vines became uh, our sole pastor about a year and a half ago. And um, the first thing he did was uh, he came the next Sunday to church uh, after our uh, senior pastor left. And he said, well, for, for uh, Bible study, we're going to be studying the Augsburg Confession. And my wife and I, we just looked at each other, and it's like, this is wonderful. Um, and so now, right now, uh, we're actually we're going to do Gene Veith's um, Spirituality of the Cross after the holidays, after Christmas. And uh, so in this little in-between time, we're studying the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the third petition, Thy Will Be Done, uh, it's just always been a, a favorite section of the confessions for me. Um you know, going to going to college, even Concordia Seward, I was around a lot of uh, Lutherans who were more evangelicals than they were Lutherans. But I think we've all experienced that. And uh, so, uh, I remember one of the big things was, you know, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? And and, and you take the average, even the average Lutheran, maybe even the average confessional Lutheran, and when they hear that phrase, uh, "will of God." They immediately think of, even though they don't identify it this way, they they are they focus on the sovereign will of God. Uh, the 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 you know, uh, who should I marry? What job should I take? Um, should I make this move? Uh, should I do this or that? And it's just amazing that 
in the scriptures, the will of God is never spoken of in that way. Nowhere are we told that um, we're going to have access to the sovereign will of God. As a matter of fact, Jesus says uh, we walk by uh, faith and not by sight. I'm sorry, uh, Paul. So, So we walk by faith and not by sight. And yet, even good Lutherans still want to walk by sight. And they think that this notion of God's will uh, is a matter of God somehow telling them, here's the right answer. And you know what, guys? Even, even pastors, every time they have a call, they go into this weird, mysterious sort of thing. You know, well, I wonder what God's will is for me. Uh, and any time a pastor asks me when they have a call, uh, you know, what, what do you think God's will is? What should I do? I say, well, you just use your brain and figure out where you think you can serve the gospel best. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to, to get God's divine sovereign will uh, of an answer on this. There, even if there is a blueprint for your life, and there may not be, uh, God's made it pretty clear in Scripture, we don't get to see it. And so, so now you turn to the the uh, uh, third petition, "Thy will be done," and you read those seven or eight paragraphs, and there's not a single word about God's sovereign will. As a matter of fact, instead of somehow you know having the chance to divine God's will, what Luther talks about is he talks about suffering and fighting against the devil and his will. The devil's will is to drag us into sin. And God's will, it's, it, Luther doesn't use this language, but this God, Luther focuses on God's moral will. That's the will that we have access to. Uh, um, it's in the Ten Commandments. And so... So as we, as we ask this question, you know, uh, what is God's will? Or as we pray, thy will be done, um, it certainly is a, an act of faith where we are saying, yes, God, my life is in your hands. But it is, it is nothing even close to this divining of God's will that we all uh, try to do. And, and I think the, the third petition is so powerful in that. Uh, uh, Luther directs us right to God's moral will. Yeah, that's excellent. And it's always it's pointing back to God's word. You know, that, that, that's what will, even, even God's word will bring the suffering, as you see here in, in, in paragraph 65, if you look, it just, you know, that where it's preached, where God's word is preached, there might be some suffering, and that's part of that devil, the world, and the sinful flesh uh, being kind of fought back. And not have yes, to worry precise, about precisely. I had I, I had underlined that. Uh, you know, we when we Me too. hear the phrase, oh, well, very good. When we hear the phrase God's will, you know, oh, we get all excited, and man, that's what Christians want to talk about. And, and boy, you step outside of the Missouri Synod or or any confessional church, and and you know th- that's a big, big topic. People have written books and books and books about it. You know, God is speaking to this television televangelist and that uh, internet preacher and whatnot. Uh, they, they've told me this. They told me that. Oh, really? And then here you read a uh, good old humble, God-fearing, scripture-believing Luther, and when he talks about that phrase, it's not about it's not something exciting. It, it's about pain and suffering as we stand against 
Satan's evil will and his will to drag us into sin. Do you know that John the Steadfast is in this passage, guys? Well, I saw him down. I saw saw the word steadfast in paragraph 65. At the end of paragraph 66, it says, Now this grieves our flesh and the old creature, for it means that we must remain steadfast, suffer patiently whatever befalls us, and let go whatever is taken from us. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I, I I underlined that phrase too about being steadfast and suffering. Yeah, which which uh, John John steadfast as well as then John Frederick, his son, would have definitely been familiar with, as they uh, lost much for uh, standing steadfast on the gospel. Um, yes, and in yes, this life, exactly. but of course, gained everything in the life to come. Uh, so, well, I always I always I always remind people when you know when they start talking about this notion of God's will, and I just wish God would speak to me, and uh, I just always remind them, I say, well, you know what? I tell you what, why don't you go master God's moral will, the one that he's clearly laid out for you in Scripture, his Ten Commandments. <laughs> why don't you go master God's moral will? And I, I really, I can't speak for God, but uh, I'll bet you he'll be more prone to show you and reveal his sovereign will to you once you've mastered that. <laughs> and, <laughs> Indeed. And of course, that's never, that's never going to happen. But you see, we we don't want to focus on the difficult stuff, uh, God's moral will. Um, we want God to speak to us, and and we want Him to to tell us what should I do, you know. Uh, and yeah. it's like no, we walk we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, we always want it easy. I mean, that's just how it boils down to it. What you're talking about, though, this whole section is, is one of the beautiful things about the Lutheran Confessions is it doesn't hide a single reality away. It, it's it's not it's not going to sugarcoat things that, you know, uh, and this is, of course, why American evangelicals have fled their churches and, and many of them have come to confessional Lutheranism because they hear the truth of Scripture, that this is not something that's going to try to sugarcoat it or make it so, you know, oh, my, my life as a Christian is going to be so much better and I'm just going to have nothing but, you know, constant good things happening in my life. But instead, you know, no, it, it, you will have crosses, you'll have suffering, you'll have these kind of things, but here's the theology that helps keep you steadfast and, and stay faithful in the midst of it. And, uh, exactly. And it's just a, a wonderful, exactly. wonderful thing. Hey, uh, Charlie, I yes. think you're up next. All right. Um, you you uh, you had something marked down about maybe like the chief article there in the Augsburg Confession or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I picked uh, two very short articles from the Augsburg Confession because I think in these two very brief articles that this is the sum and substance of the entire Book of Concord in just a very short manner. And also it demonstrates how we do theology. So let me just read from Uh, The Augsburg Confession, Article 4, which flows right into Article 5. First, Article 4, Justification. Our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works. People are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. By his death, Christ made satisfaction for our sins. God counts this faith for righteousness in his sight. Romans 3 and 4. And then following right upon it, Article 5, the ministry, so that we may obtain this faith, 
the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. Through the word and sacraments, as through instruments, the Holy Spirit is given. He works faith when and where it pleases God in those who hear the good news that God justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. This happens not through our own merits, but for Christ's sake. Our churches condemn the Anabaptists and others who think that through their own preparations and works, the Holy Spirit comes to them without the external word. And so uh, here in the Augsburg Confession, we're dealing with the central article of the Christian faith, justification, the article on which the church stands or falls. And what is just a short paragraph in the Augsburg Confession by the time of the apology, uh, we have discovered that this is really the underlying issue between us and Rome, underlying all the abuses of the mass and other meritorious schemes that we have reformed. It all goes back to this doctrine of justification, um, that we are justified, put right with God freely for Christ's sake, not by anything we contribute to it. And so all of the false teachings that attribute something in man that gets us points with God are overthrown here. And uh, also demonstrating how we do theology, it cites Romans 3 and 4, showing uh, that uh, all of what we believe, teach, and confess is based on God's holy word. And then flowing right into that, Article 5 about the ministry, this is the delivery system for how what Christ won on the cross for us is delivered to us on our doorstep through the means of grace, through the word and sacraments. Um, so you have second article of the creed, the atonement, third ar article of the creed, uh, word and sacrament, the means of grace. And then another thing about how we do theology, it, it, we confess what we believe, teach and confess on the basis of God's word positively. And then to be clear, so there's no mistake, we say we reject and, co and condemn any opposing errors, and then we explain opposing errors that were going around. So that is how you do real theology, not by vaguing, making everything vague, so you have this big umbrella everybody can fit in under, like the uh, Joint Declaration of the Doctrine of Justification, which is not good ecumenism, but uh, you make clear what the issue is, and then you can work to resolve it. So that's why I selected these two uh, articles. By the way, on the uh, Doctrine of Justification, in Article 4 in the Apology, Melanchthon will introduce this theme over and over again, that this doctrine alone, A, gives all glory to Christ, the mediator, and B, this doctrine alone gives true comfort and peace to terrified consciences. So there's a real pastoral concern in this doctrine. You'll, you'll see that throughout the confessions, that there's just this concern for the conscience, for the individual, for the believer, for the baptized person in Christ. Uh, I think, you know, I think you worked with uh, with Tim on this because this ties right in, of course, to what he was talking about, about those folks who just kind of want to hear, you know, hear God's voice about certain things in their life and uh, and the condemnation here of those who look for the Holy Spirit to come to them without the external word. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, good good work together on that, guys. Uh, how many how many months, Charlie, did we spend in the uh, Apology of the Augsburg Confession on Article 4? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's huge. Uh, you know, it and was, so we're, we're still months. in Article 24 of the Apology, but it's well worth the time. 
it is well worth the time because, of course, this is this is what Scripture teaches. And uh, as Christians, uh, we we rejoice in God's Word and want to hear more of it. And uh, our faith uh, in Christ has to confess. It, it 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 that's part of its life is to to confess what we believe. And so this is uh, what the confessions are and so forth to us. How about you, Josh? What uh, portion of the confessions have you selected? Well, since since Rod picked such a good section of the beginning of the Confessions, at least as far as the Book of Concord goes, I wanted to pick the last, uh, the last bit of the Confessions, uh, which is just great. Uh, it's in the formula of Concord, Solid Declaration, Article 12, which people don't usually even count as an article. Uh, it's in the conclusion, um, paragraph 40, I guess, if you want to count paragraphs. It says this, In the sight of God and of all Christendom, the entire Church of Christ, we want to testify to those now living and those who will come after us. This declaration presented here about all the controverted articles mentioned and explained above, and no other, is our faith, doctrine, and confession. By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it. Therefore, after mature deliberation, we have, in fear of, in the fear of God, and by calling on his name, attached our signatures with our own hands. And then it lists off the mm -hmm. six men who uh, helped craft the formula of Concord uh, to kind of settle all those inter-Lutheran disputes uh, and that uh, had crept in, and then also how the Calvinists had tried to sneak into our midst as well. Uh, this just is a beautiful statement of faith, that, that here... You know, we're we're doing this confession before God, and also before all the other all the other Christians, uh, and and then of course the Catholicity, those now living, and then those who will come after us. That's us. Mm -hmm. That's the listeners. You know that their confession, they knew they would carry it on into even now, but even further than that, that they want to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. So here we are at the end of the church year, right? And this week, right before Advent begins. And we have this beautiful uh, teaching of Christ coming on the last day, the judgment of, of, of all things. And here we have the confession that we can stand on, the confession of Christ, of course, which it ties in exactly to what you shared, Charlie, that Article 4 and 5, uh, especially the Article 4 of our justification by faith in Christ. Um, just a beautiful confession, a beautiful statement, you know, with intrepid hearts by God's grace. Uh, like Josh, you mentioned this term Catholicity. One, yeah. of the, one of the things I appreciate about our Lutheran confessions is they keep on saying, we're not inventing anything new. We are just not simply teaching what the church has always taught when it's gotten it right in all times and places. So we have, uh, it's, it, Lutheranism was not invented in the 1500, 1500s. We're just confessing what God's word has always said. Yeah, and, and they'll quote guys from from long ago. Yeah. Even 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 Jerome, I think, gets an honorable mention once. Yeah, in the Ambrose, so, uh, Augustine. Uh, yeah, when, when those guys got it right, right. Which is, of course, the the thing we even do with with somebody like Luther's. Yeah, we we praise him where he gets it right and where he got it wrong. Well, okay, yeah, he was but a man. So, mm -hmm. uh, this is the wonderful thing about having these confessions. Hey, Rod, you want to add something more in before we before we have to lead out? Um, I was just going to add that in that last line of, of the preface, they talk about uh, dealing with these uh, false teachings in a timely manner so it doesn't spread. And in, in my lifetime, 
I'm concerned about that. I don't yeah. know about you guys, yep. but uh, I I really feel like we we have allowed uh, the yeast to uh, spread too much in the dough, and so I pray for Concord in our time and. God bless, uh, you know, brothers of John the Steadfast and this show, Concord Matters, and all faithful pastors out there, uh, such as you guys, that, you know, put forward, want to speak with the united voice uh, what God has revealed to us in His Word and His Word alone. And, you know, uh, and, and I really like what the section that Tim put about suffering for that, and we will suffer for that. Uh, and the the, the book of Concord does speak of that, that uh, the, and I think in the in that uh, uh, petition there in, in the large catechism, Tim uh, Luther talks about that that the devil can't stand to be exposed, so he's going to attack us uh, and call us all kinds of uh, dirty names, uh, unloving, um, you know, rigid, all the other things, and uh, let's take those and let's uh, let's continue to expose. And uh, uh, do as this does, that, uh, uh, you know, we, we need to put something down. One group says this, the other group says this. This is what God says. Let's uh, be in concord and let's uh, reject the rest. So uh, yeah. God's, God's blessings to, to you, Josh and Charlie, for keeping this fine effort going. Thank you, Thank Rod, you much, for Rod. Uh, getting us launched in this effort. Uh, my Excellent. pleasure. And to God's glory, guys. Amen. Hey, Pastor Rosso, you got about 30 seconds. You want to add something? Uh, no, I just echo what uh, what Rod said. Uh, and besides, I got to get down to the beach and do my beach <laughs> walk for today. These retired guys, I tell you what, yeah, no, golfing, man. beaches, I don't know. I got to go and take care of some kind of, you know, study or shut-in you, you visit or something like decades, that. You got a few more decades, buddy. You got a few more I know. decades. <laughs> I know. We're getting there. We're getting there. So, yeah. So, Charlie, you want to you want to take about thirty seconds to to add anything? Just uh, thank you to all the uh, callers we've had. That's one thing I wish we could do a little more in the future. You <laughs> listeners, call in or email in during the programs. I want to thank all of our pastor guests that we have, other hosts that we've had on this program: uh, Craig D'Onofrio, Jonathan Fisk, and Smith. Uh, it's been a team effort. Certainly has uh, making the good confession, helping explain it so that people can uh, then also take that confession into their lives, uh, become a part of local congregations, uh, and hear the word purely preached, the gospel purely preached, and the sacraments uh, administered rightly to them, that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in them. You know what? If you if you're just tuning in, uh, go and check out a Lutheran church. Find a good confessional church where the law and gospel are preached purely, and the sacraments are administered rightly for the good of your soul and your salvation. Again, thank you to all those folks at KFUO who make this show possible as well. Uh, all the hosts, all the guests, but all the staff there that's working yes. behind the scenes yes. to make it work. So uh, this is, wraps up the fifth anniversary edition of Concord Matters. The Lord bless all of you in your listening and your study of God's Word and the Lutheran Confessions.